And welcome to our March. March is here. March 1st podcast, Blake Bears Banter. I'm Nick Rathman, joined with my co-host with the most, Sean Reed. Hello, Nick. What a beautiful day. I got to uh, spend the morning at Wild Mountain, where the uh, Alpine section meet was held, and it was a little chilly to start, but the sun was shining the whole time. We got fresh snow over the weekend. Great, uh, great Experiences that uh, at the hill and our uh, teams, so the girls took second in section, the boys took third in section, but we have three individual skiers heading off to the state tournament. Uh, the Pilstrom sisters, Ava and Vivian, will be heading up to Bowabek next March 10th. And then uh, Will Rikas on the boys' side also qualified for state. So it was a very successful day uh, overall for the Alpine skiers. And a lot of credit to them, too. It's one of the most competitive sections in skiing. Now, there's only one class in skiing in the state of Minnesota. So you're going up against big schools, small schools, everybody, a lot of schools there. And uh, some of the best. Our section generally represents state the best as well. So a really good season for the Alpine team. We'll continue to follow those three individuals. Now, uh, Nordic also skied today, too, right? They did ski, and uh, we're still awaiting the results that uh, conflicted with the Alpine, so uh, we'll get those results uh, shortly. So we'll probably share those a little bit next week. Fencing has finished up. Yep, we uh, discussed fencing uh, last week, and they had an awesome inter-squad tournament uh, uh, last Sunday, and then they had their uh, banquet yesterday. And then hockey and basketball still have two weeks, a very busy two weeks, so the state of Minnesota is allowing three games per week in the last two weeks. We've been doing two of the rest, so... Uh, they'll play six games, all four teams essentially here in the last two weeks of the season. Uh, it'll be a, f- a frantic finish to the end, and then we'll know section and playoff structures and, and opponents and all that as well. And then lastly, uh, our boys' swim and dive program, which you're going to hear from one of our coaches and one of our athletes today too, just finished their regular season and is looking forward to a good section meet. That's that right. They uh, had their second and third meets of the year over the weekend. They went to Edina on Friday, then they went to Hutchinson on Saturday, and uh, getting all prepped for their uh, upcoming section tournament. Well, I'm excited to talk to Jack. Jack Markerson, our JV uh, boys swim coach, also does fall, uh, swimming in the fall with Breck on the girls' team, class of 2010. Uh, great, great uh, young man. I say young man because uh, he was a student here when I was first starting at Blake, and to watch him grow and come back from college and be one of our coaches is just uh, it's a pretty cool thing to see it come come circle around. Yeah, it was a lot of fun talking with him, and it's just so cool to have so many alums come back and coach. The, the young alums are coming back and helping out the programs because, as ja- as you'll hear from Jack, that he just loves to be with the student-athletes. Yeah, someone who gets it, and that's what we like. So uh, happy March. May the uh, sun shine, may the snow melt, and may spring sports be right around the corner. And welcome with our first guests here, Sean Reed and Nick Rathman hosting our Blake Bears banter. We have Jack Markison joining us on the podcast. Jack, welcome to the welcome to the very advanced technological room that is our podcast briefing center. It is advanced. Thank you for having me. Yeah, really great to have you. Well, it's great that you're here. Um, I got to meet you for the first time this this uh, winter as you're a coach for our JV swim team, the Bear Stings, and uh, graduated from Blake in 2010, went on to Middlebury, graduated from there in 2014, majored in economics, and now you're back here, so it's great to see you. Um, what we'd like to do is hear from you about your uh, your Blake experiences first, and so you graduated in 2010, as we said several times now, so talk about uh, the experiences you had at Blake, as well as with the, uh, the swim program. For sure, yeah. Um, so I started at Blake 
in 98, I think. Um, and it's been, at that point, I think it was 13 years to do 2010, long time. Uh, got to see a lot of different teachers, a lot of different students. Um, looking back on it, it's uh, really fond memories. I mean, making a lot of good friends and interacting with coaches and ADs and teachers um, and seeing some come and go and then having siblings and friends, siblings who continue to be part of the Blake community. Um, yeah, just overall fond memories, good athletic memories, uh, strong academics, and um, yeah, no, it's been a... So walk me through a little bit of, uh, of high school for you. What were, what were you all involved with? Yeah, um, high school, uh, singing was a big part of that. Yep. Miss Enstead, Carrie Enstead, uh, fabulous choir teacher. Um, Mr. K. Wood was my homeroom teacher. I <laughs> uh, never had him for English, but, uh, you know, we would go to his, his class every day, every morning, check in. Um, athletics uh, uh, were a big part of my high school career. Um, soccer, swimming, and lacrosse. Uh, made a lot of strong relationships through those, both in my graduating class and then um, the younger classes in particular, which is something that I've noticed really carries through to the coaching aspect, um, just interacting with those younger kids um, and kind of uh, nurturing them as student athletes and seeing them grow. I mean, being part of a JV team is amazing because um, you see such incredible developments, both personally and um, athletically through, you know, seventh, eighth grade, then going into high school. So, um, yeah, that was a big part of high school, just growing up, watching other people grow up. And, um, yeah, then went off to Middlebury College in Vermont, where I swam as well and studied economics and had another, you know, great four years. So before we get to Middlebury, so you're you're a three-sport athlete here. You know, we have we still have quite a few students who are three-sport athletes and certainly many, many more who are uh, dual athletes, dual sport athletes. So talk about um, while you're doing that. I mean, you decided to swim in college, but uh, could you have played soccer in college? Could you have done lacrosse oh, yeah. in college? And how did you make that decision? Yeah, so I initially was trying to get recruited for lacrosse. Um, and so it was Joe Seivold who came to Blake um, maybe 2006, something around like yep. that. Um, and just, I think a lot of credit goes to him for building lacrosse in the Midwest. I mean, specifically the Minneapolis metro area, but I mean, that has ripple effects throughout the Midwest. And so I was on the team uh, with Kip Dooley and Joe Seibold, um, and then my older brother, Max. And that was a really strong team and a really uh, sparked my interest in lacrosse. Um, and so I thought I could play anywhere. You know, I was on the state championship <laughs> team. Um, we had Joe Seibold in the mix. And, uh, and then I went out to East Coast camps and realized everyone was just as good on their left hand, their <laughs> off hand as their strong hand. Um, everyone was faster. Everyone was stronger. And so that was a humbling experience. Uh, and with swimming, of course, it's you just send in the time. Yeah. Um, and so... Again, credit to the coaches. Chris Rosenberg established a really strong program here. Um, I think they got second at state two years in a row, maybe uh, 2006 and 2007, something like that. Um, and then now they've, you know, had five or six state championships. But, uh, but yeah, that was another great team experience and then was able to just send in times to, 
to Middlebury and some other colleges and um, but yeah I, and then at Middlebury also did JV soccer so I was able to carry oh, through that multi-sport multi-sport um, kind of culture into that as a division three athlete you can kind of pick and choose uh, which months you're working and um, so yeah so we often have a lot of students who listen to this podcast and just Talk a little bit about your Blake athletic experience and how that was different than college in Middlebury, yeah. right? Some people don't understand exactly what D3 may or may not be, and it's different for everybody, but um, what, what were some of those differences? What was the same, and yeah. where does it increase, and where does it really yeah. take you? I'd say first, right off the bat, the coaches um, the coaches in college, or at least my Division three coach, uh, he was moving between colleges, and he wasn't a teacher. Um, and so that was a big change going from Blake, where you saw Charlie Seal in the hallway, <laughs> and uh, you knew Mr. Rosenberg from coaching you swimming in middle school, you know. And so you just establish a relationship with the coaches and with your teammates. And then in college, it's a little more removed, where um, maybe more performance-oriented, um, but then you do get a lot more resources. Right. Uh, you have fantastic facilities, and um, you do get some focus where these are college swim coaches and these are college swimmers, and um, you learn a lot. And I'd say with Division One, there's even more. My cousin swims at the University of Minnesota, and they have incredible resources. You know, they've got sports psychologists, they have trainers, they've got coaches, they've got that amazing pool, um, Freeman Aquatic Center. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's a lot different, uh, but uh, both have their pros and cons, for sure. What about, like, the time commitment and the uh, intensity with practices or the expectations yeah. that they have on you? Yeah, yeah, I'd say Division Three. it's it felt uh, still up to the student-athlete. You know, I was able to focus on academics, and I snuck in a student play in their junior year, and I went abroad, um, so still able to have kind of a balanced experience, but, but yeah, for sure, if you want to perform, um, at conference and at NC2As, you have to put in the time and it might cut time away from athletics or, um, socializing or, you know, what have you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so after school, you some point end up back here in the cities yep. and at some point start coming back. You get talked back into coaching here back with the Bear Stang Swim Program. Yep. Well, why come back? Why coach? Why is that important to you? Yeah, yeah. So I graduated Middlebury in 2014. And um, professionally, I've been bouncing around. I went out to San Francisco and was in investment banking, came back to Minneapolis, I did investment banking, then sold Christmas trees for a little bit, then got into real estate <laughs> investing, then went to Wells Fargo. Uh, now working with a old coworker, just a two-man shop, trying to um, find some clients and get paid. But basically, I've been all over the map trying to figure out what fits. And um, uh, Michelle Carlson, the current coach for both the Breck girls swim team and then the Blake Breck boys team, uh, heard I was in town and reached out. And it just through all of that um, kind of uh, bouncing back and forth between jobs and between living in different cities. The, the Bear Stang swim team was such a was such a rock. I mean, it was familiar. I knew the coaches. Um, I knew the pool. And so to have that in my life for the fall and the winter became 
I mean, it's definitely a stabilizing thing. And it's uh, been really helpful spilling over into my personal life and my professional life. And um, yeah, so I, so I was, I jumped right on the opportunity. I wasn't sure if I was going to come back after the first fall girl season. Then they invited me for the boys season. I was like, sure, why not? <laughs> and uh, now, you know, you start creating relationships and it's hard to see uh, yourself not continuing. You right. know, it's right. you, you might break some of those. And um, obviously people move in and out of states and positions as well. But uh, but yeah, it, it definitely was serendipitous. And I'm really glad Michelle reached out. And, and I highly recommend it. I know that there are some alum who are back coaching, but especially with people who can work remote and may have some flexibility with their schedule, um, it's amazing to be with students, with the other coaches, and just doing something that you know pretty well, um, and then you can spend time learning and getting to know people, and yeah, it's been a great experience. So you've had lots of coaches in over your life in many different sports, and now that you're coaching yourself, what have you learned or gleaned from other coaches that you put in your repertoire or that helped build your coaching philosophy? Yeah. Um, so I know uh, Charlie Seal has come up a couple times on this podcast. And I mean, he coached for 40, 41 years, which that in itself is just a daunting commitment. <laughs> um, and it's like, it's, he had, he, 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 he didn't necessarily have a lot of, he, he had a lot of success, but he wasn't winning state titles back to back, but he was consistent. Um, he was humble uh, he was diligent. He really cared oh, yeah. as well. Um, and so those types of things ring true. And then same with uh, Chris Rosenberg and Brian Wright and Michelle Carlson. They really care about the teams. And they don't necessarily care about the winning championships. You know, they, It's fun to say that um, we've won all these state titles and we have swimmers going to this school or that school. But they just care about the development of the swimmers and they care about them outside of the sport. And so I would say that I'm trying to implement that into my coaching um, because you then see the athletes. It's not just athletes. You know, they're students. They've got stuff going on at home or in the school or in the classroom. And um, so, yeah, and then, and you know, that highlights then the difference it was at college because the college coach was a swimming coach who really, you know, was looking for times and was looking for results. And I think there that's a specific type of personality and it caters to a specific type of athlete. Right. And, um, and so I've more gravitated, when I think about what I've learned about coaching and how to implement my own coaching style, I just find myself gravitating towards those high school type coaches who are just a little more integrated in the community and the team and well, and we've all coached here too, and I've I've seen you at work doing it. But when you have that relationship, and you see success in that athlete, it puts uh, a bump in your step too, yep. right? Yep. Like their success becomes something that you feel engaged and rewarded in, and all you want to do is take that energy and invest it back in them. Right. Yeah. Right. It's definitely a positive feedback loop, and I mean, what you guys have done with Blake Athletics is incredible, and it clearly has had a there's momentum that's you know come along with that and i'm sure you then feel it in your day-to-day jobs where it's not you can't like write it down exactly what the heck's going on but um you just find success through people coming back on the podcast or people going to college and you just feel part of that which is which is neat you also see it in the environment 
you know, um, I saw it on the pool deck, you know, how the guys at, on your team, they get along so well and they're just laughing for yeah. most of practice. You know? Yeah, right. Um, I was at the Alpine ski meet today and just smiles all over the place and people are energetic and they're, they're enjoying their, their Blake athletic experience. And, you know, they're coached by wonderful people who have invested a lot of time and energy. And uh, the athletes, I think, uh, really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, we had a funny... I think two weeks ago we had a set where it was uh, you bring a deck of cards and the <laughs> swimmers draw a card and it corresponds with a set. Um, and the jokers in the deck, uh, are, it's a it's a get out of practice free card. You know, hit the showers, you're done. Um, and so you typically throw those in later in the practice. Right, right. You want to have some swimming, but uh, you know I threw one in just to show, just to earn you know their kind of uh good graces you know guys i'm putting a joker in you know you could maybe get out and first draw is the joker (laughs) (laughs) like what it's you know one in 52 chance or one in 53 and uh you know it's by an eighth grader like all the way in lane five and everyone's all stoked and but then no one wanted to leave (laughs) you know no one wanted to go home everyone wanted to stick around and so i just had to write a new practice and we played some games after but it was just a great example of having fun, but but they want to stick around. They they yes. want to swim and hang out with their teammates. Um, and it was just a funny a funny day. Well, you asked me off air before we got on. Hey, what what made you guys start this podcast? And I'm not even sure I gave you a good answer. Uh, but your answers during this podcast actually are the reason, right? Because I think Blake's secret sauce, if you will is about people and it's about the relationships with people and it's about kind of paying it forward and coming it all around right so when you talk about one of the first people you know sparky there's no one better than people right and it instills it in you and those relationships are important not just to you but to all the other guys in the team and and all that and then you come all the way around full circle and you're back in coaching and what you know what gets you going it's those same relationships Right. And so it's just just circle that just kind of keeps going and we just try to build and build off it. And I think the purpose of this podcast a little bit is to just highlight that and how important that is and really how powerful it is in particular, maybe more this year than ever. Right. So you coached during a pandemic this year. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff as a coach you were being asked to do that no other season of coaching have we ever asked that to do. What was some of that like coaching during a pandemic and working, helping these kids through this process? Yeah. Yeah. uh, First day. So I I was coaching at Breck, um, which which side sidebar. (laughs) Being part of the Blake Breck swim team is such an amazing experience because everything that goes for Blake, it goes for Breck. Yep. You know, it's a community. Yep. It's about the people. And and it's so funny because I love the rivalry. And, you know, you were saying you could put a chessboard on the 50-yard line or whatever, and, a court, you know, people would show up to watch. Oh, we'd sell at the stadium. Yeah, right, <laughs> which was so good. Um, but uh, – but but uh, point, but being part of that combined team, it, it was such a great experience when I was 16, 17, 18, uh, to realize that, the, you know, the students over there were, were just like me and their community was just like ours. And it is about the people. And I think that extends to all sorts of communities. But, uh, yeah, the pandemic. So so I think the first practice was at Breck with the girls team. And um, it was odd. 
it, going in was very odd, wearing masks. They haven't seen each other for a while. We haven't seen them for a while. It's a late start to the season. And it just took work to remind myself that, you know, as a coach, you're a leader in that situation. So, so you can't necessarily um, kind of uh, wallow and kind of be all like, woe is me about the pandemic, because that doesn't help anyone. Um, and I started with asking them questions about their summer and the responses were flat. You know, it's like, well, I've been at home. What kind of question is that? And then so then you have to get creative with how you're engaging with them and then how to make practice exciting. And then honestly, it just it just takes off. I mean, it because they're together and um, the coaches are there. It's just an environment that it, it's it. uh yeah, it just it just gains momentum and it and the challenges almost seem uh, they they don't seem insurmountable. You know, maybe from an outsider perspective, like getting a section meet together in a pandemic where you're swimming against one team and there are multiple section meets and you're scoring them over multiple days. Uh, but it just seems like that comes naturally because like, well, yeah, we got in a section meet and this year they've got the state meet going and okay. I have no idea all the work going on behind the scenes to get that together but um yeah from my perspective it has seemed it, it's been a challenge but it's also just been going to work every day and just making it happen and then clearly that's been the same for other coaches and other uh members of the swim community and the high school community because it's kind of a it's not a question it's like yeah we got to get these students back in school and we got to get the athletes back on their field or in the right. water so, but, uh, yeah, wearing a mask is, is annoying as heck. Um, wearing a mask is no fun and having four people in the lane is no fun. But, uh, but looking back, like we've made the most of it every yeah. set, every day. So but we're doing it. Exactly. We're doing it. And the kids exactly. are active and you can see the smiles coming back. Exactly. Right. So better be doing it in any way they need us to do it at all. Yeah. Uh, bring it back to Blake real quick. And you mentioned a lot of people. But can, when you think back on your time here while you were a student, is there a, a, are there a couple of instances or experiences you had directly with teachers um, or even your fellow classmates that stand out to you that say, you know what, part of who I am is because of that experience? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, of course, giving this some thought leading up to this. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the... Uh, pre-kindergarten, Mr. Cole Hannock, and it's funny because I don't know first names until like middle school, right? <laughs> so Mr. Cole Hannock, uh, but he, he, he built a tree house at our home um, in Edina, and it's still there uh, to this day, but that just, you know, set some kind of framework for all of us where we had this like physical space that was a part of the Blake community. Um, and I don't know what, uh, inspired him to do that. I, I don't know. I don't know if it was like a, a request necessarily by my folks, but, um, but that was just, you know, it's like, what an amazing thing, you know, to go out of his way, build a treehouse for a student. Um, and then, yeah, throughout lower school, middle school, just being on the Hopkins campus and seeing, um, familiar faces. I mean, I mentioned Joe Seibold, um, uh, Miss McKenna, uh, again, don't know first names up till sixth grade or until sixth grade. <laughs> she was fifth grade teacher yep. and she came to our home. Rebecca. Rebecca. Thank you. Um, 
she came to our house uh, before fifth grade to get a feel for the student and the family. And uh, I don't know how many houses she visited, but she was doing that on her own time. Yep. Uh, she would go to every student. Every okay, yep. yeah. student. Well known for that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's amazing. And uh, and then moving through middle school, um, the Walters, um, Amy Walters, and her mother. Yep. Who was my home? Mary. Mary. Um, and with uh, the Blake News Network. And then high school, Jim Arnold was an amazing teacher and influence. Um, um, uh, John Gula, I mean, really looked up to him. He would have amazing, you know, speeches, <laughs> which were just so memorable. I mean, Reed, that literally, like, hits me every day. But I look at Reed, he's just, like, telling me to read, um, which is, which I love. It's a great reminder every day to read. Um and then students, I mean, I was lucky enough to have siblings both above and below me and uh, to have, you know, John Piernan in the pool and on campus seeing him every day was magical. And then seeing Carrie and her friends around and having to be held slightly accountable because, you know, they're looking up to you a little bit. Um, so, yeah. That's to cover a few. <laughs> well, we just uh, we just wanted to have you on because you have a great story to tell. We love that you're coaching here and you do it with such enthusiasm and care for the kids. It's beyond obvious, even when you have to wear a mask for a whole season, for right? Sure. So we're very thankful for you and all you do. Uh, really cool swim podcast today. So Coach Jack is here, and then we'll uh, Sean, our next guest. Our next guest will be uh, Spencer Okoronkwo, who I spoke with uh, a couple days ago over Zoom to learn more about the uh, the swimming season from a student perspective. And he told us some stories as well about his life outside of swimming. Joining me on the Blake Bears Banter Podcast is Junior Spencer Okoronkwo. Spencer, thank you for joining us. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. We really appreciate you uh, coming on today. Uh, right now, it's Friday, February 26th, and you have your second meet of the year for swimming. And so what we'd like to do is talk a little about the, uh, the swimming experience this year. How has the season gone for you? Yeah, so um, regarding the COVID restrictions and everything, it's been a little bit difficult, you know, especially to have meets since we've only had one. But uh, so far, we've been doing really well. I know a lot of my teammates have been happy with the way things are going, uh, even though it's kind of difficult to, you know, be close to everybody um, because of COVID. But I think that everyone's had their personal successes, including me, and I'm really appreciative of our season so far. Well, that's awesome. And uh, so some people might not be familiar with our partnership. So we have a partnership with Breck, and the team is called the Bear Stings, correct? Yes. And so talk about that partnership that you have with, uh, with Breck and the other swimmers. Yeah, so I know that Breck is supposed to be our rivals, but with swimming, we can make an exception. And I really like how we're able to um, be with their team because we don't have enough swimmers at Blake. And so I just get to know a whole bunch of new people that I wouldn't have met if I didn't join the team. And I really like that. And I think that Throughout the years, we've gotten really close, and I appreciate that since I've been on the swim team since seventh grade. So I think this is like my fifth year, which is pretty cool, and I've gotten to make really good connections. Right. And uh, so a typical practice, you go to Breck for practice, right? Yeah. So um, it's usually split up. So Breck is at, uh, I mean, varsity is at Breck, and then JV is at Blake. 
in a typical year. Uh, so this is not typical, but um, how has this year very much differed from the past years? Like you don't have as many meets this year and our practice is different. Like what have been some of the changes that you've had? Yeah, so as far as practice, um, before COVID, we used to practice for like two hours, sometimes it ran over, depending on the type of set that we were doing that day. But now they only give us an hour and a half. So we have to fit a lot of, um, you know, hard sets into a really short period of time. And I know that sometimes we run over time, which is fine, but that's been a challenge. And then I just, we've been doing a lot of practice, which is good, but the fact that we don't have any meets, it's kind of sad. So we don't really get to, you know, show what we've been doing at practice. But now that we have meets coming up, hopefully we'll be able to, you know, show other people what we have. Well, so yeah, so talk about that. You know, you haven't had any meets. So how have you and how have your teammates stayed motivated? Um, we're just looking at the bigger picture. So I know that after the meets we have this weekend, which are Edina and Hutchinson, after that we have sections and then we actually are allowed to have a state meet this year, which is really nice because I know that that was up in the air before. And so we've been looking at that more um, rather than looking at the meets. Like we just have to get through the meets that are this weekend and then we have that. And so we've been working really hard um, towards sections and state. So a big part of swimming is the tapering process, right? Yes. And can you, for listeners who aren't familiar with tapering, can you talk about what tapering is and how is your tapering different this year or how are you able to keep track of where you are cardiovascularly? Yeah, so taper is pretty much the same each year. Um, it's pretty much just practices start so we come out of hell week, which is like our peak weeks of swimming, and then we start taper. And so it kind of is harder at the beginning and then it goes down um, in like volume, practice volume until the state and section meet. And so throughout the years, it's been pretty much the same. We do these things called critical speed 100s. And so they give you a pace and you kind of have to make that pace every time. And so it's more of like an endurance thing. And then each time we do less of that and so um, you have to stay at a certain heart rate and everything. And we've been doing this every year. And so it seems to have been working because most people, uh, when they swim at the section and state meet, they drop time. So mm -hmm. even though the taper process this year, I think it's probably going to be a little bit shorter than it usually is. Hopefully we'll be able to see good results. So talk about your, uh, your events. What do you like to swim? And um, has that changed since you've been in seventh grade? Yeah, so my main event that I swim is the 100 backstroke, and then sometimes I do the 100 fly. It just depends on what the coaches are feeling, to be honest, but backstroke has been my main stroke ever since I started swimming, not even in seventh grade, but I've just been pretty good at that, and I enjoy doing that, and so most of the time when we have meets, I'll be put in that event, and I really like doing it. What, do you, what makes you a, a good backstroker, do you think? I don't know. I feel like backstroke is a stroke where a lot of people don't want to do, you know, a lot of people want to do freestyle and just like the main stroke, I guess, but backstroke is something that I, I don't know. I just always been good at it. Freestyle I'm fine at, but backstroke is just something that I really enjoy doing better. So. Okay. Uh, and do you swim with the club outside of uh, uh, the Blake Brett co-op? Yeah, I swim um, on the Hopkins Hurricanes Swim Club on the off season. So that's usually the spring and the fall. I don't usually swim summer just because I don't like the long course pool. I know that people, some people do, but I just personally don't. So what, what does that mean, long course pool? Yeah, so that's like the Olympic sized pool. So that's 50 meters rather than 25 meters. So it's like double the length of the pool that you would usually see in like a, I don't know, I guess the Blake pool, for example, it's like double the length. Okay. 
<laughs> and so the Bear Stings, they are current four-time state champions. Yes. So how has um, how the the seasons differed from each other, and like is one state championship more prominent in your mind, or have a, a better memory than the others? Or talk about that. Um, I think that starting in seventh grade, when we won the first time, I was like, okay, well, I don't, I'm new to the team, so I don't really know what's going on, because I didn't even get to contribute much to that. But now that I've moved up, and since I'm on varsity, I think I've been on varsity since freshman year, I can't exactly remember, but now I feel like I have a bigger part in it, um, just because I've been able to go to the state meet last year it was my first time during high school season so that was really exciting um but just the seniors that have been on the team ever since I was in seventh grade I guess they've all kind of left now but um they've been a big part of us winning the state meet so hopefully this year we can you know figure something out to win without <laughs> the seniors but yeah right and so tonight you have Edina yes um, have you swam against Edina in the past yeah, we swim against Edina every year. It's kind of just like a fun meet. Edina has a really good team. Um, they also have a really big team. So we kind of just go there and see what we can do every year. And then you have Hutchinson and Saturday. And typically Hutchinson is a really strong uh, Class A program, correct? Yeah, they're pretty good. We didn't go there last year. I don't know why. It must have been like a scheduling issue. But we usually go there every year. Um, and that's a really fun meet as well. So, right. Well, good luck this weekend. Uh, you're a very well-rounded person as well. You're involved in other things um, besides swimming. And uh, one thing that you're involved is in is uh, learning works. Mm -hmm. So uh, for people who aren't, in, who aren't familiar with learning works, why don't you describe what learning works is and what your role is with learning works? Yeah. So learning works is a program with Blake and then Minneapolis public schools. And so pretty much we, teach um, middle school students. It's from grades seven through nine. And so ninth graders are in a program called Leadership Academy um, where they can kind of get insight into like high school and the college process and everything like that. And so my role in Learning Works is this past year we've been doing um, explorations classes, which are pretty much, we get to teach our own class with like a couple of co-teachers or just one. And it's been really fun. You have like an advisory, you have your own kids in the class and you get to make lesson plans and stuff. Even though I don't want to be a teacher, it's just a really good experience because I like kids. Um, and so I've been teaching this class called environmental justice or environmental studies. And not only have I gotten to teach the kids, but I've gotten to learn more about it as well. And I really like that. What have you learned uh, through the class? Yeah, so we've been talking a lot about COVID impact on the environment and stuff like that and kind of like relating um, environmental issues to like current political issues and stuff that is going on right now. Um, and I think that's really important for me to learn because I'm like growing older, I'm probably gonna have like a bigger say in that because I'm interested in politics, but also for like the kids to learn since um, they're gonna have a part in that as well. Right. How did you get involved in, in learning works? Um, I went to the club fair that we had last year and I just had the opportunity to look at all of the different clubs and leadership groups. And I really liked it. And I know I didn't have room for it last year. So I wanted to be involved this year. Great. And you're also involved in the Student Diversity Leadership Council, correct? Yes. Uh, talk about the, the mission of that student organization. Yeah, so the Student Diversity Leadership Council um, is working to promote equity and justice um, and inclusion throughout 
uh, the Blake School community. And so this year, we, so we meet every week on Wednesdays in the morning. And this year, we've been able to sponsor the Equity Lab presentations that have been going on throughout the year. Um, and those are required for student leaders. And I know a lot of people have appreciated those. And then we also just um, kind of highlighted for Black History Month, we highlighted um, Black people who've made an impact on history um, throughout the years in assembly. And so that's one thing that we were doing. But it's mainly just been the Equity Labs this year and working to make the school a more inclusive place. That is awesome. Spencer, you make great contributions to our school. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, speak with me on the Blake Bears Banter podcast. Good luck this weekend. We're looking forward to seeing how you do. Then uh, we'll look forward to watching you in sections and hopefully you go on to state and bring a, make it a five-time state championship program. Yes, thank you so much for having me. You are welcome.